0: Some people are trying to stay dry for a month or so just to kind of get things going in the right direction. But there's so many factors in just kind of getting yourself in a corrected manner in the month of January. How about sleep? Important. What about mood? Savings. Everybody's concerned about that. Those are all benefits in taking on a dry January, according to some experts. And one of those people is joining us right now. Dr. Peter Selby is a researcher, Center for Addiction and Mental Health, And we welcome you to our show. Hello, Peter. Hello there. Thanks for having me. No problem. So this is a tough month for a lot of people, and and there's a few things I just mentioned, sleep, mood, savings, that kind of thing. What are we finding? I know we do a lot of research on the month of January and how it affects people, but what what are you finding, Peter?
1: Well, I think, you know, we... This is the time for everybody makes a resolution whether it's gonna you know, be more physically fit, eat a diet, uh, eat healthy, you know, save money, quit drinking or reduce drinking, quit smoking. So a lot of time for when people make commitments to changing behaviors. And just the three things that you said, each one of them is affected by the consumption of alcohol. Alcohol is really bad for your sleep, for example. So if you're really trying to get better sleep, then because alcohol affects the REM sleep, it may knock you out, Right. but you really, it's like getting a hit on the head, you're not really sleeping, you're just getting knocked out. So if you want to improve your sleep and quality of sleep in the long term, drink less.
0: It it sounds so simple, but for some people, it's it's really a tough thing. And then of course, mood changes go along with that too, right? Absolutely, alcohol in the short term makes you feel great, but in the long term, it's a
1: depressant, in fact. When we look at heavy drinkers, if you you have come in with depression and you simply detoxify them, almost 80 to 90% of their mood will have improved within a week. So you don't need to add an antidepressant. It was the alcohol causing the mood to go down. Right? So, you know, it's it's, it's sort of figuring out what is, is alcohol doing more to you than for you.
0: And then, what about savings? People worry a lot about their cash flow and that kind of thing. Is that also something to be taken into consideration? I mean, yeah. Look,
1: I mean, even if you
0: let's say you you buy
1: a drink for five bucks and you have two standard drinks, yeah. and that is fifty bucks, you know, in 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 five days, like that's a lot of money that goes. Uh, you yeah, know, 70 bucks a week if you drink two drinks a day. Um, and of course, if you go out and have a cocktail, it can be anywhere from, you know, $13 to $20. So alcohol is expensive. And, you know, there's uh, if a. If you do want to save money, yeah, yes. Absolutely.
0: Good plus. The other thing I was going to point out, if you want to buy a bottle of wine, that's not cheap. Some people go for the really yeah. good stuff, too. Right, Peter? Exactly.
1: I mean, you know, can anywhere from like, you know, you can get a bottle of wine for 10 bucks or you can spend a hundred bucks on a bottle of wine. So it does affect a lot. And, and you know, we're not just talking about the long-term health effects, right? The long-term health effects are there, well known. It, you know, it's really not good for your gut. It's not good for cancer risk. It's not good for your heart right? Uh, in the long-term. Uh, and so the question is, where does alcohol fit into what matters to you? and can you do less of it, and give your body lots of time in between to recover from the effects of that exposure.
0: Peter, do you think that people don't take in everything into consideration when they say you know what i'm not going to touch a drop coming up here in january they don't realize that how much effect it has on sleep and all of a sudden they find they're getting great sleep or their mood is a lot better when when you get a chance to do some research and you read up on everything that's been done on this yeah. are people often really surprised when really they shouldn't be
1: well, I think you know, the message look, if you think about what is promoted, is alcohol's great, you know, except don't drink and drive. Other than that, yeah. the imagery that comes on it's fun, it's great. Nobody's showing pictures of the hangover the next day or the headache or the sleep or the effects on your, your on your gut and the you know, and the, the throwing up that happened and, and the blackout that happened and you forgot what you did and Nobody shows that. So the general, you know, image is alcohol is fun. And it can be, but again, under certain circumstances and under limited circumstances. Uh, So for the most part, it's having, and if you are going to drink, then drink within guidelines that don't cause you harm. Uh, You know, because then, uh, you know, I may sound like, you know, I'm saying, well, don't have fun. No, I'm not saying that, but figure out why is it that alcohol
0: is always associated with fun now if somebody it's not by accident yeah ex- yeah exactly now if somebody's eight years into a dry experience in january and, and they start to recognize that there's these positive stuff that that happens do you find that that people maybe cut back on drinking in february, march, april, may do, do you find that <laughs> Some do.
1: I think it depends on what benefits they've suddenly seen. And you know, i okay. have had people who said, yeah, you know what, you're right. Uh, this works for me and actually not drinking. I feel much better. I'm actually in a better mood and I'm sleeping better as you rightly said, and my, saving my, you know, I'm living within my budget. And actually I can socialize without always having to drink to excess. For others, it isn't so. It was more of a personal challenge to see whether they could do it, but then, you know, they get back into social or other circumstances or situations where drinking comes back and they don't necessarily stop or reduce. So it, it's very individual. Um, my, my observation has been those who've perceived the benefit and have found the benefit and feel comfortable with that change, then continue to sort of, you know, uh, not put up with the peer pressure. Because as you know, if you go to a party and you say you're not drinking, everybody wants to know why. It's out of their business, but everybody
0: wants to know why. Yeah, just have one. It won't affect you. We always hear that all the time, right? Exactly. The the other thing I'm kind of curious about is that it's got to be, I don't know if it's essential, but it's got to be extremely helpful. If you can get a buddy to go dry with you in January, somebody that you can kind of team up with, or am I way out, out to lunch on that?
1: Oh, absolutely! I think if you live with people who you know who who who, who drink, then and they are drinking and you're watching them drink, it's like trying to go on a diet and people around you are eating donuts and you love donuts, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's gonna be hard. So having support and social support around it certainly does go a long way to help. And of course, somebody who who you know you feel you can you know help you when you're having a tough time uh, to support you if if you are struggling that much, you know. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I think getting a buddy does help. And and doing it together with somebody obviously helps because now you're seeing that it's possible for two people to do
0: it. Hey, Peter, can you quickly tell us about the Center for Addiction and Mental Health and what you do there?
1: Oh, so the Center for Addiction and Mental Health is Canada's largest mental health and addiction um, uh, uh, research hospital. Uh, It has 500 beds, but it has also outpatients around the range of mental health conditions for young people all the way to seniors. And uh, My role there is I'm a senior scientist there, I'm also a clinician, and uh, my area of focus is addiction medicine.
0: Gotcha. Where are you located, Peter?
1: We're located in Toronto um, and affiliated with the University of Toronto.
0: Well, thanks very much for this interesting topic. And uh, I hope everybody has a dry January and gets a lot of sleep and is in a much better mood. And they save some cash. Exactly. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thank you. Dr. Peter Selby joining us, researcher at the Center for Addiction and Mental Health in Toronto.